0: Tunde Tunde Tunde. Um so the last time we left Tunday he was being um electrocuted by the person on top of the roof. Um this is quite a long chapter. It's Oh no, it's not that long <laughs> It's ten pages long. So I'm just gonna get going now, my love. Five years to go Tunde <laughs> Tell me, says Tunde, what is it that you want? One of the men on the protest line waggles his banner in the air. The banner reads, justice for men. The others give out a rattling, ragged cheer and fetch around another of brewskies from the cooler. What it says, one of them opines. We want justice. It's the government that did this and the government that has to put it right. It's a slow afternoon. The air is syru- syrupy and it's going to hit 104 in the shade out here. It is not the best day to be at a protest at a mall in Tuscan, Arizona, which is perfect for those ac- ac- accents I just did. He only came out because he'd had an anonymous tip-off that something was going to happen here today. Sound is pretty convincing, but it's panning out into nothing at all. Any of you guys involved with the internet at all? Badshitcrazy.com. Babe Truth, Urban Docs, any of that online stuff. The guys shake their heads. I saw saw an article in the newspaper, says one of them. A man who apparently decided to shave only the left half of his face this morning. Says that New Country Bispara, chemically castrating all men. That's what we're going to do to all of us. (laughs) I don't think that's true, says Tunde. Look, I cut this bit out into paper. The guy starts to rummage in the sexual. A bunch of old receipts and an empty packet of chips tumble out into the asphalt. Shit, he says and chases after his litter. Tunde films him idly on his camera phone. There are so many other stories he could be working on. He should have gone to Bolivia. They've proclaimed their own female pope. The progressive government in Saudi Arabia is starting to look vulnerable to religious extremism. He could go back there, doing a follow-up on his original story. There are even gossip stories more interesting than this. The daughter of a newly elected governor in New England has been photographed with a boy. A boy, apparently, with a visible skein. Tunday's heard about this. He did a piece where he spoke to doctors about treating girls with skein deformations and problems. Not all girls have it, contrary to early thinking. About five girls in a thousand are born without. Some of the girls don't want it and try to cut it out of themselves. Some of them even tried with scissors, doctors said. Eleven years old, scissors, snipping at herself like a paper cut out doll. And there are a few boys with chromosome irregularities who have it too. Sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't. Some boys ask the doctors if they can have theirs removed. The doctor has to tell them, no, they don't know how to do that. More than 50% of the time, if a skein is severed, the person dies. They don't know why. It's not a vital organ. The current theory is that it is connected to the electrical rhythm of the heart, and its removal disrupts something there. They can remove some of the strands of it to make it less powerful and less noticeable, but once you have it, you got it. Tende tries to imagine what it would be like to have one. A power you can't give away or trade. He feels himself yearning for it, repulsed by it. He reads online forums where men say that if all the men in the world had one, everything would be back to the way it ought to be. They're angry and afraid. He understands that. Since Delhi, he's been afraid too. He joins urbandocspeaks.com under a pseudonym and posts a few comments and questions. He comes across a sub-forum discussing his own work. They call him a gender traitor because he did that story about a Wadi Latif rather than keeping it secret. He's not reporting on the men's movements and on their particular conspiracy theories. But when he got the email saying something was going to happen here today, he thought... He doesn't know what he thought, that maybe there was something here for him, not just the news, but something that would explain a feeling he's having these days. But this is nothing. He's succumbed to fear, is all it is, since Delhi. He's running away from his story, not towards it. He'll get online in his hotel this afternoon and see if there's still... see if there's anything to report in Sukra. See you when the next plane down is there is a sound like thunder. Tunde looks towards the mountains expecting to see storm clouds but it's not a storm and it's not thunder. The sound comes again louder and a huge cloud of smoke erupts from the far end of the moor and they're screaming. Shit, says one of the men. I think that's a bomb. Tunde runs towards the sound holding his camera very steady. There is a cracking sound and he hears masonry falling. He rounds the building. The fondue chain place is on fire. Several other units are collapsing. People are running from the building. There was a bomb, one of them says, directly into Tunde's camera lens. His face covered in brick dust. Small cuts bleeding through his white shirt. There are people trapped in there. He likes this version of himself. The The one who runs to get closer to danger, not away from it. Every time he does it, he thinks, yes, this is still me. But that but that in itself is a new thought. Tunde circles the wreckage. Two teenagers have fallen in. He helps them up, encourages one to put her arm around the other for support, because her ankle is already blooming great blue bruises. Who did this? She cries directly at the end. Who did this? That is the question. Someone has blown up a fondue restaurant, two shoe stores, and a well-woman clinic. Tunde stands back from the building and takes a wide-angled shot. It's pretty impressive. To his right, the mall is on fire. To the left, the entire front of the building has come away. A whiteboard with shift allocations still attached to it crashes from the second floor to the ground while he films it. He zooms in. Kayla, 9.30 to 9.00. Debra, 7am. Someone is crying out not far from here, but they're hard to spot in the rubble dust on dust. There's a pregnant woman trapped in the rubble. She's lying on her huge belly, must be eight months gone, and a concrete pillar is trapping her leg. Something smells of gasoline. Tunde puts down the camera safely so that it's still recording and he tries to crawl a little closer to her. It's okay, he says hopelessly. Ambulances are coming. It's going to be okay. She screams at him. Her right leg is crushed to bloody meat. She keeps trying to pull away from it, to kick back against the pillar. Tunde's instinct is to hold her hand, but she's discharging with great force every time she kicks the pillar. It's probably involuntarily. Involuntary. Pregnancy hormones increase the magnitude of the power. Perhaps a side effect of biological changes during this time. Although people say now, very simply, it's to protect the baby. There are women who've knocked their nurses clean out while giving birth. Pain and fear. These things whistle away control. (sighs) Tunde shouts out for help. There's nobody nearby. Tell me your name, he says. I'm Tunde. She winces and says, I'm Joanna. Joanna, breathe with me, he says. In, then out. She tries, grimacing, frowning. She breathes in and puffs out. Help is coming. Sunday says, "They'll they'll let you out." Breathe again, in. And out. Once more in. And out. The spasms are no longer jerking her body. There's a creak in the concrete above them, and Joanna tries to crane her neck around. What's happening? It's just some strip lights. Tunde can see them dangling dangling there by just a wire or two. It sounds like the roof is coming down. It's not, don't worry. Don't leave me here. Don't leave me alone under here. It's not coming down, Joanna. It's just the lights. One of the fluorescent strips dangling by a single wire sways and snaps, crashing into the rubble. Joanna jerks and spasms again, even as Tunde is saying, It's okay, it's okay. She's breaking again into that uncontrollable cycle of jolts and pains. She's struggling to pull herself out from under the pillar. Tunde is saying, Please, please, please breathe. She's saying, Don't leave me here, don't leave me here, it's coming down. She sends her power into the concrete, and a wire thread within the concrete connects with another, and another, and another. A light bulb explodes in the sparks, and a spark that ignites that gasoline-smelling fluid that's been dripping, and there is fire, and suddenly all around her she's still shouting as Tunde picks up his camera and runs. That's the image they freeze on the screen. They've said that there would be upsetting images after all. No one should be surprised to see this, but... Isn't it terrible? Kristen's face is grim. I think anyone watching would agree that whoever did this is scum of the earth. In a letter to this news channel, a terrorist group calling themselves Male Power has claimed responsibility for the attack, which destroyed a medical clinic catering to women's health issues alongside a busy mall in Tuscan, Arizona. They claim the attack is only the first day of action, intended to force the government to act against the so-called enemies of men. A spokesman for the Office of the President has just completed a press conference, giving the strong message that the government of the United States does not negotiate with terrorists and that the claims of this conspiracy theory splinter group are absolute nonsense. Well now, what are they even protesting about, Tom? Tom scowls, just a micro-expression, before the practiced face peels over the real one. The smile smooth as frosting on it a cupcake. They want a quality, Kristen. Someone's saying cut to commercial in the 30 in their earpieces, and Kristen's trying to wrap it up, but something's going on with Tom. He's not bringing this chat to a conclusion. Well, Tom, there's no way to take this thing back now. They can't rewind time, although, smile. In our next segment, we'll be rewinding a little dance history to take you back to a craze called swing. No, says Tom. Commercial in 10 says a producer very calm and level these things happen problems at home stress overwork health anxiety money worries they've seen it all really the cdc is hiding things from us tom says that's what they're protesting have you seen some of the stuff online things are being kept from us resources are being channeled into the wrong direction there's no funding for self-defense classes or R for men and all this money going to those North Star Girls Camps trainings? For God's sake, what the hell is this all about? And fuck you, Kristen. We both know that you've got this fucking thing too. And it's changed you. It's made you hard. You're not even a real woman anymore. Four years ago, Kristen, you knew what you were. And you knew what you had to offer the network. What the fuck are you now? Tom knows they probably went to commercial a long time ago now. Probably just after he said no. Probably they thought a few seconds of dead air was better than this. He sits very still after he's finished, looking straight ahead into the eye of camera three. That's always been his favourite camera. Shows off the angle of his chin, the little dimple there. He's Kirk Douglas almost on camera three. He is Spartacus. He's always thought he could get into acting eventually. Just small parts to start with. Maybe at first he'd be playing a news anchor, and then something like the teacher in a high school. In a high school comedy who turns out to understand the kids better than any of them realise, because, you know, he was back pretty wild way back when too. Well, that's all over now. Let it go. Let it go, Tom. Let go those thoughts from your mind. You done? Says Kristen. Sure. They get him out before they come back off commercial. He doesn't even resist, except that he doesn't like that hand on his shoulder and fights it off. Can't bear a hand touching him, he says, so they let him be. He's worked for a long time, and if he goes now, if he goes easy now, his pension might still be secure. Tom's been taken sick, very sadly, says Christian, bright eyes, earnest, and down camera too. He's okay, and hopefully he'll be back with us real soon. And now, the weather on the ones. From his hospital bed in Arizona, Tunde watches the reports of the stories unfold, He emails and Facebooks with his family and friends back in Lagos. His sister, Timi, is dating a boy now. Someone a couple years younger than her. She wants to know if Tunde has a girl out there in all his travelling. Tunde tells her there's not much time for that. There had been a white woman for a while. Another journalist he'd met in Singapore and travelled with as far as Afghanistan. She's not worth mentioning. Come here. Come home, says Timi. Come home for six months, and we'll find you a nice girl. You're twenty-seven man, getting old. It's time to settle down. The white woman, her name with Mina Nina had said, "Do you think you have p t s d It was because she had used her thing in beds, and he- and he had shied away from it, told her to stop, started crying. He said, "I'm stranded a long way from home." And there is no way to get back. We all are, she had said. Nothing worse has happened to him than to anyone. There is no reason for him to be afraid. No more reason than any other man. Nina's been texting him since he's been in hospital, asking if she can come and see him. He keeps saying, No, not yet. It's while he's been in hospital that the email comes in. Just five short lines, but the sender address is right. He checks it hasn't been spoofed. Info at urbandocspeaks.com to olatundeido at gmail.com We saw your reporting from the mall in Arizona. We read your essay about what happened to you in Delhi. We are on the same side. We are on the side of all men. If you've seen what happened in the Cleary election, you've understand. you've understood what we're fighting for. Come and talk to us. On the record, we want you on our team, Urban Docs. It's not even a question. There's still his book to be written, the book. Those 900 pages of Chronicle and Explanation. He has it all with him on on his laptop all the time. There's no question about this. A meeting with Urban Docs, of course he will. The theatrics around it are ridiculous. He can't bring his own equipment. We'll give you a phone to record the interview. They tell him. (laughs) For God's sake. I understand, he writes back. You can't compromise your position. They like that. It feeds into their sense of who they are. You're the only one we trust, they say. You tell the truth. You have seen the chaos for what it is. You were invited to the action in Arizona and you came. You are the one we want. The way they talk is positively messianic. Yes, he emails back. I have always wanted to talk to you for a long time. Of course there's a meeting point in the parking lot of a Denny's. Of course there is. Of course there's a blindfolded ride in a jeep and men wearing black. All white men with balaclavas over their faces. These are men who've watched too many movies. This has become a thing now. Men's movie clubs in living rooms and back rooms of bars, watching particular kinds of movies over and over again. The ones with explosions and helicopter crashes and guns and muscles and punching. guy flex. And after all this, when they take the blindfolds off, he's in a storage locker. It's dusty. There's some old boxes of VHS tapes labelled A-Team in the corner. And there's Urban Docks sitting in a chair, smiling. He looks different to his profile pictures. He's in his mid-fifties. He's bleached his hair so it's very pale, almost white. His eyes are a pallid, watery blue. Tunde's read some things about this man. There was, by all accounts, a terrible childhood, violence, racial hatred. There was a string of failed businesses, leaving dozens of people owed thousands of dollars each. There was was eventually a night school law degree, and a reinvention as a blogger. He's a well-built man of his age, though his face is faintly grey. The great change in the tide of things has been good for Urban Docs. He's been blogging his mean-spirited, semi-literate, bigoted, angry rhetoric for years, but recently more and more people, men and indeed some women, have started to listen. He's denied over and over again about being tied to the violent splinter groups that have bombed shopping malls and public parks in half a dozen states now, but if he's not linked to them, they link themselves to him. One of the recent accurate bomb threats contains simply an Address, a time and the web address of Urban Docks's latest screed on the coming gender war. He's softly spoken. His voice is more high-pitched than Tunde was expecting. He says, You know, they're going to try and kill us. No, I, I, I won't read it like that. Don't worry, my love. You know, they're going to try and kill us. Tunde has said to himself, Just listen, he says, Who's trying to kill us? Urban Docs says, The women. Tunde says, Uh Aha. Tell me more about that. A sly smile spreads over the man's face. You've read my blog. You know what I think. I'd like to hear it in your own words. On tape. I think people would like to hear it. You think the women are trying to kill... Oh, I don't think, son. I know. None of this is an accident. They talk about it. Guardian Angel. That stuff got into the water supply. And how it built up in the water table? They know no one could have predicted it. Phooey. Bullcrap. This has been planned. This was decided on. After the end of the Second World War, when the peaceniks and do-gooders had the upper hand, they decided to put this stuff in the water. They thought men had their turn after we had messed it up. Two world wars of two generations. Pussy-wicked and faggots, all of them. Tunde's read this theory before. He can't have a good conspiracy plot without any conspirators. He's only surprised that Urban Docs hasn't mentioned Jews zionists use the concentration camps as emotional blackmail to get the stuff shipped out in the water there we go it's a declaration of war silent and stealthy they armed their warriors before they sounded the first battle cry they were among us before we even knew we had been invaded our own government is secure you know they've got it under lock and key but they won't use it except on the precious few and the end game you know the end game they hate us all they want us all dead. Tunde thinks of the women he's known, some of the journalists he was in Basra with, some of the women from the siege in Nepal. There have been women these past years who have put their bodies between him and harm, so he could take his footage out to the world. <laughs> they don't, he says. Shit, this was not what he was meant to do. Urban Ducks laughs. They've got you right where they want you, son, under the thumb. Believing their crap. Bet woman's helped you once or twice, right? She's taken care of you. She's looked after you. She protected you when you were in trouble. They nods warily. Well, shit. Of course they do that. They want us docile and confused. Old army tactic. If you're only ever an enemy, the people will know to fight you whenever they see you. If you hand out candy to the kids and medicine to the weak, you jumble their minds. They don't know to hate you, see? Yeah, I see. It's starting already. Have you seen the numbers on domestic violence against men? On murders of men by women? He has seen those numbers. He carries them with him like a lozenge of ice lodged in his throat. That's how it starts, says Urban Docs. That's how they soften us, make us weak and afraid. That's how they have us where they want us. It's all part of the plan. They're doing it because they've been told to. Tunde thinks no that's not the reason the reason is because they can are you being funded he says by the exiled king Awadi atif of saudi arabia urban doc smiles there are a lot of men out there who we are worried about where this thing is heading my friend some of them think they are weak traitors to their gender and their people some of them think the women will be kind to men but a lot of them know the truth we haven't had to go begging for money And you said about the end game? Urban Docs shrugs. Like I say, they want to kill us all. But the survival of the human race? Women are just animals, says Urban Docs. Just like us, they want to mate, reproduce, have healthy offspring. One woman, though, she's pregnant for nine months. She can care for maybe five or six kids well across her life. So... Urban Docs frowns like this. It's the most obvious thing in the world. They'll only keep the most genetically healthy of us alive. See, this is what God meant men to be... This is why God meant... This is why God meant men to be the ones with the power. However bad we treat women, well, it's like a slave. Tindy feels his shoulders tighten. Say nothing, just listen. Take the footage, use it and sell it. Make money out of this scumbag. Sell him out. Show him up for what he is. See, people got slavery wrong. See, if you have a slave... That saves your property. You want damage to come to it. However bad any man treated a woman, he needs her in a fit condition to carry a child. But now, one genetically perfect man could sire a thousand, five thousand children. And what do they need the rest of us to do? <laughs> They're going to kill us all. Listen to me. Not in not in a one, not one in a hundred will live. Perhaps not one in a thousand. And your evidence for that is. Oh, I've seen documents. And more than that, I can use my brain. So can you, son. I've watched you. You're smart. Urban Doc's laser. Laser moist. Clemmy hand on Tunde's arm. Join us. Become part of what we're doing. We'll be there for you, son, when all these others have gone away, because we are on the same side. Tunde nods. We need laws to protect men. We need curfews on women. We need the government to release all the funding they need to research that cure. We need men to stand up and be countered. We are being ruled by fags who worship women. We need to cut them down. And that's the purpose of your terror attacks? Urban Doc smiles again. You well know that I have never initiated or encouraged a terror attack. Yes, he's been very careful. But, says Urban Dock's. If I were in touch with those men, I'd guess they'd barely gotten started. A bunch of weapons got lost in the fall of the Soviet Union, you know. Real nasty stuff. Could be they have some of that. Wait, says Tunde, are you threatening to orchestrate domestic terrorism with nuclear weapons? I'm not threatening anything, says Urban Docks. his eyes pale and cold.